Volunteer State. It's time to join the nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and Falquest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Breaking news and giving expert analysis. For the next hour, Chris and Austin will take your calls on college athletics around the SEC and the nation. College football, basketball, special guests, recruiting, and more. The nation. Hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse, your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Want to get a full tank of freedom? Stop by your neighborhood Marathon station. Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. By Blue Bunny Ice Cream. Available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. By Tennessee LASIK Associates. Proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK and by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. Coors Light, made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by... Sunday afternoon to everybody out there listening across this great state of Tennessee or wherever you might be listening. This is The Nation, and we do it every Sunday evening. Sort of seems like more afternoon than evening now that we're on Daylight Savings Time. My main man, Austin Price, with me, which means after the show, he's got at least an extra hour of daylight, which means he's probably going to get nine holes in after the show. You know, I'd love to. Today was a gorgeous day. Um, but, no, uh, t- as soon as this show ends, I shift gears into TV mode, and I'll head to the uh, TV station to do the locker room. There so, you go. Now, or, or, or is the great, the late, great Haywood Harris would say, uh, the locker room. You know, man, uh, of all the people that I've come in contact with over at UT over the years, I don't know if any of them had such a, uh, a uh, sweet disposition like Haywood Harris. Do you know anybody, that, a, didn't, hey, you know anybody a, that didn't like him? Do you know anybody that didn't like him? I don't. Haywood was the man. He was the man. I don't know how to just, I, I, you know, I was a kid at the time, and to this day, I, if if he were still here, I would do anything for him. Yeah. I mean, he just was the man. Yeah, I met Haywood, I guess, around 80, 84, probably, my second year in college at UT. And um, one of those people who treated me, I was just getting started in some of the student publications on campus, but treated me the same way he did Ben Bird. Oh, I can John I, John Bibb, it, people had been on the beat for forty years. Yeah, he was and, that and, kind of person. And, and back then he was, you know, still very prevalent. You know, when I, you know, when I got into school, you know, he he had kind of went into that historian role. So he's kind of doing what Bud Ford does right. now, you know. And uh, I can just hear him, Austin, my boy. You know, I mean, he just, I mean, hello, boy, and, hello, boy. And, and then we used to do that. He used to do these little segments for the locker room on TV called Haywood's Memories. <laughs> And, and, I mean, you talk about, I mean, he would tell a story, and, you know, it was hard getting him to, you know, make it concise because, I mean, like, he knew every layer to the story, and, I mean, he could remember everything. He, you know, he and Gus were a tag team for years, and when it comes to spitting out knowledge about Tennessee, 
Not a better combo. Well, we miss him. We sure do. The great Haywood Harris. Uh, and we, we certainly want to thank our friends at Mortgage Investors Group. The nation is presented across the state of Tennessee each and every week by our good friends at Mortgage Investors Group, celebrating their 30th anniversary serving Tennesseans. You'd be ahead of other buyers by getting pre-qualified before you start looking. Pre-qualification gives you bargaining power and can help you close quicker, get pre-qualified, and get moving. And don't lend, don't let your lender lose your loan in outer space. Keep your mortgage on the ground with MIG. It's not rocket science. 100% financing is possible. Take you from renting to owning. Call our friends at Mortgage Investors Group to see if you qualify based on borrower qualification. Mortgage Investors Group is committed to helping Tennesseans fulfill their dreams of home ownership. Their mortgage experts will find and they'll structure the mortgage that best fits your needs and achieves your goals. Mortgage Investors Group wants to be your home loan lender. Are you buying a new home? Or you just need to lower your home loan payment? Maybe pull out some cash out of the equity in your home. Let Mortgage Investors Group work for you. Go to MIGonline.com for the office nearest you. Equal housing lender. License 109-111-1010-9111. AP, not the best of weekends for the Vol sports teams. Tony Vitello's baseball team, which was just rolling right along, unbeaten, loses two or three this weekend to a right state team. Tennessee scoring held, I think, to nine runs in the three games. Just didn't hit when they needed to. Pitched pretty well most of the time. Had a big era, a key era in that uh, that first game to lose on Friday. And then the men's basketball team on Saturday doing what they seem to always do against Auburn, and that's lose. I mean, it, whether they get ahead big um, or Auburn gets ahead big, which they did in this game, Tennessee made a decent comeback. They just have not had an answer for Bruce Pearl's Auburn Tigers. The last five, you know, they're just not a good matchup for. Them. That's what I mean. They just, uh, yeah, just they haven't just played have, well. Well, and, and um, Auburn has these really quick guards, and, and they they you know they they're able to penetrate, and then they move the ball so well. A lot, you know, they just get a lot of open looks from three. And yesterday, you know, oh, Dowdy just hit another three. By the way, <laughs> Dowdy thirty-two and eight threes, and you know, I mean, just but I mean, it wasn't just him. It was t- their ability to to offensive get offensive rebounds, kill Tennessee. And, again, I said it the last couple of weeks, they are who they are. It does not surprise me at all. They went to Rupp and won. I wouldn't have predicted it, but it does not surprise that, me. That does surprise me. See, it they doesn't. Would, it does they not they would surprise come back me. from as far back as they were on the road at Rupp and beat that team? Maybe, okay, maybe coming back 17 points down, yes. But winning on the road did not surprise me, even at Rupp. I mean, I would not have predicted them to win, but it did not surprise me okay. because they are kind of who they are. And I'll give you and, this. The league's been weird this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, Vanderbilt finally gets their uh, back-to-back wins for the first time in a couple of years. And, I mean, you know, it, it is a different – you know, Texas A&M, you know, was picked you know near the bottom of the league. And, you know, here they are at 10-8 and eight in league play. Phenomenal job by Buzz Williams. Um, you know, I just – at the end of the day, once they won at Kentucky, I text Rob Lewis. You know, I said I'll, I'll be shocked if they can win back to back. I just, I mean, I, I thought yeah. that they, well, all they three just, games. Think about that: Florida, Kentucky, Auburn, three well, NCAA again, tournament teams. Again, a few weeks ago, I sat up here and I said, I bet you they go two and two. That's just kind of who they are. They're a 500 team in league play because they're going to have their moments where they they play really well, and then they will have their moments where they just you know they, they don't and. You know, when you looked at you know the the matchup with Auburn, you knew it was a tough one going in, but you thought maybe because of the way the game started on the plains, Tennessee could kind of muster some confidence off of that. But you know, once they were down you know double digits at half, you just it, it was it was tough to see them, you know, being able to pull it off. They made a run there for a brief minute, pulled within six, and then 
Auburn hit a couple of threes, and it was right back to double digits. So now it's on to Nashville in the SEC tournament for Rick Barnes' Vols. Uh, Vols will play on Thursday uh, in the afternoon session. They'll play at 1 o'clock Eastern time against Alabama. That game at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, uh, 1 p.m. game. I think Tennessee would be in the Florida-slash-Kentucky bracket if they were to advance past Alabama. Uh, Kelly Harper's Lady Vols losing to Kentucky in the SEC tournament. That tournament over in Greenville, and now they wait to see their fate in the NCAA women's tournament. Uh, and, and we'll have to see if uh, they can keep that streak alive. Um, it's been a, uh, you know, we, we, you saw this year that team, the Lady Vols, well, they almost started too good early. Right, I was going to say. Know, you, I mean, you, they got you, that win at Notre Dame early in the year, and it's a game Tennessee hadn't been able to win. And, you know, uh, they were just pulling off some wins early in the year. That, that, you know, the program hadn't been able to really win the last few years. So it kind of started this kind of expectation. And then, you know, they've kind of gotten to a little bit of a lull midseason. And, I mean. 21-10 and 10 right now overall, the Lady Vols. They were 10-6 and 6 in the conference in regular season play. Hey, I remember a team that lost 10 games on national title. Yeah. What about you, Lowe? I was, uh, see, 19. That, that was, was that Pat's first first national championship 1980 no 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 that was the year that shamiqua and kelly jolly but i I was games you're right her first national championship would have been 87 but it yeah but that was that was the first in the three-peat right was the 10 loss but she had to your point pat had some teams that caught fire and played their best basketball at just the right time in the postseason uh, we'll see if this team can do that. I, that's that's certainly a tall order. Well, I mean, it's all about you know trying to peak at the right time. I mean, basketball is a tournament sport. It, you can have a few losses early in the year, and you know, I mean, if let's let's put it away. Kentucky's pretty talented. And obviously, they blew that seventeen point game the night to 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 Tennessee. But they go back on the road. They get a win at Florida. This is a Kentucky team, and and, a, and really a March Madness. It's going to be wide open. I mean, there's no clear-cut number one team. There's no clear-cut just dominant player. There's no clear-cut just dominant team. So who's to say Kentucky can't get hot? Let's say they get hot and go and do something special. Anybody go remember that they lost that, that game no. to begin the year? But no. That's, it, not, it, that's it, it, not the way the sport's correct. constructed. Now, here's my issue with Kentucky. What's going on with the point guard? You know, it's, yeah. it's tough to go into the, the, the postseason all of a sudden. What's his status? Is he going to yeah. be able to play? How much will he play? Where is he emotionally? Those are a lot of questions, you know. As we know, we see what happened with Tennessee. You lose, they lose their senior point guard going into the SEC play. It's even more difficult to lose a guard, you know, uh, of his stature going in to the NCAA tournament. Tennessee football spring practice, hard to believe, but it's here. Just yeah, it starts Tuesday, and it'll be a Tuesday, Thursday this week, and then they will uh, take a break for spring break, and then reconvene after that for the remaining 13 practices. And on the other side of the break. We'll catch up with SEC Network Analyst Cole Kublik. He'll join us. He's getting ready to call an XFL game there, Chris Lowe. He's out in Los Angeles. We'll catch up with him on the other side of the break. You're listening to The Nation. Hi. We always love catching up with our friends here at Texas Roadhouse. We're at the Turkey Creek location. Texas Roadhouse is your home for legendary food and legendary service, 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. Do you hate to wait? Download the Texas Roadhouse mobile app and get your name added to the wait list before you arrive or order to go. Are you hungry for a great deal? Texas Roadhouse features 11 early dine entrees for less than $10 on Mondays through Thursdays until 6 p.m. 
You can choose from the six-ounce sirloin, barbecue chicken, pulled pork dinner, and many other favorites. Texas Roadhouse is your home for hand-cut steaks, fall-off-the-bone ribs, made-from-scratch sides and dressings, fresh-baked bread, ice-cold beer, and legendary margaritas. There's something out there for you and me. And the American road is calling, so what's it going to be? When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage license 109111. It takes talent and grit to win a sports championship, and the same is true in flooring. With our master installers and flooring experts, Frazier's brings the best team to your floor. Call us at 546-4850 to win the new floor championship. Everything for the floor, from the team you trust more, Frazier's. Cheering on the basketball balls, you can generate a mighty powerful thirst. Be the all-star of your next hoops watch party by passing out some bottle cold Coors Light to your big orange teammates. It's the winning edge to any good time in Tennessee. Two great things that were made great for each other. Rocky Top and Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light. Great beer, great responsibility. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing. Remind you when you crack open a cold Coors Light, remember to celebrate responsibly. And as always, 21 means 21. You're listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of ValQuest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Well, it's great to be back here on The Nation. Just a, a gorgeous Sunday afternoon here in East Tennessee. I'm here with my main man, Austin Price. And let's go right to the phone lines and welcome a very special guest, friends of us, the show. A fountain of information when it comes to college football and the SEC, Mr. Cole Kublik. Cole, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. All right. It, it, hey, spring football's here, and uh seems like it gets here earlier and earlier. It, and I'm not going to ask you this too open-ended, but, you know, we, we know when you look at the SEC, we know sort of who the haves and maybe some of the have-nots have been the last few years. A few coaching changes in the league, most notably Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. We know what LSU did. We know what LSU lost, which was a ton, coaching-wise, and personnel-wise, who's the team outside Bama and Georgia? Scratch those two teams off the list that you think Cole maybe has the best chance to make a move this year. I think it's Florida. I think when you when you look at the way that Dan Mullen has progressed in his first two years and the fact that they have experience back at quarterback, it's not just Kyle Trask. Uh, you got Emory Jones where you can have a bit of a change-up or – if you were to lose Kyle Trask, you got a guy that's got game experience that can come in and play. He obviously adds a different dimension. The majority of that offensive line is back. They didn't play great football last year. They're going to have to take a step. John Hevesy, their offensive line coach, does a good job. You anticipate that's going to happen. 
They have a complete mismatch at tight end in Kyle Pitts uh, that, that I think guys are going to have issues with for the entire season. And even though they lost some skill, they got a really good group of receivers coming back. I think they're solid at the running back position. And, yeah, it's going to be tough to replace a few guys they have on defense, but I think Mohamed Diabate is going to be a guy that has a breakout year for the Florida Gators. I think they still have enough up front on that defensive line and that they're going to be able to be problematic. Uh, I think with that coaching staff being together as long as it has, everybody now being on the same page, the same type of players, the same mindset, I think Florida's got a chance. Um, if I were to go somewhere else outside of Florida, I'd probably go to College Station. Number one, I'd look at the schedule. I think Texas A&M has a, a really good chance to be 10-0 and when they face Alabama. Complete opposite schedule of what they had a season ago. Much more manageable. Kellen Mond has a chance to progress. Good group of receivers back. Majority of that O-line's back. They started a true freshman right guard, a true freshman tight end, a true freshman tailback. Those guys have experience now. They're probably the best group of tight ends in college football, to be honest with you, with Cup, Weidermeyer, and Beal. Uh, they're going to be able to do some different things with that group, uh, formulate some mismatches, and obviously we know Jimbo can coach. I'm not as confident with them on the defensive side of the football, but I think the schedule, experience at quarterback, and some of the youth that got experience last year, uh, I think A&M could be a scary team as well. Cole, it's Austin. Let's switch gears to here in Knoxville. Um, anybody that follows you on Twitter knows that there are a couple. Of you, there's a lot of linemen you like, but there's a couple that you have an affinity for, and that being Trey Smith and Cade Mays. And if Cade can win an appeal, all of a sudden those two are on the same offensive line. If if Tennessee can can win and Cade can win the appeal for him to be immediately eligible, where do you put Tennessee's offensive line amongst the uh, amongst the the lines in the SEC? They're still probably not going to be above Alabama, but I'm, I'm not real confident that I would definitely put any other group in the league above them right now, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, Georgia lost a lot. Um, you know, they lose Isaiah Wilson, and, you know, he's, he's a guy that some people have been talking about going to the bottom of the first round. You lose Andrew Thomas, who might be a top five, top ten pick in this year's draft. You mentioned Cade Mays gone. Uh, you know, Ben Cleveland had some great issues, didn't play in the bowl game. He should be back, but we didn't see him in their bowl, so – you know, they get their center back, and, and Jamari Saylor, a guy that played a lot of football for them, but it's, just, it's not going to be the same, especially without Sam Pittman there. Uh, Coach Luke will do a good job, but I, I just I don't go into this season with as much confidence as I did with that group a year ago. Uh, you know, Auburn's got to revamp everybody. LSU's got to revamp a bunch. Losing Cushenberry and Davies Lewis is going to be huge for them. That's going to be tough to overcome. So I, I, I think it may be Tennessee second. Now, I think Florida, because of the experience that those guys got last year, would have a chance to end up as the second-best group. Um, and Georgia still has a chance because of the talent that's there. But Tennessee would be in the discussion as being offensive line number two heading into this football season in the SEC. With where the program was just a few years ago in the trenches, both offensive line and defensive line, and, and you know, for Jeremy Pruitt to kind of flip the, the line of scrimmage like he has in just a couple of years, how has he done it? And then, two, just – Talk about what Will Friend brings as an offensive line coach and then what you know about Jimmy Brumbaugh on the defensive line up front. I know way too much about Jimmy Brumbaugh because we face <laughs> each other in practice every day and had multiple fights in practice uh, during our who, career. Who won? Over, who so. won most of them, Cole? Uh, nobody wins offensive and defensive linemen fights because everybody just gasses out and has to stop. I mean, everybody just runs out of breath and gets too tired to even continue. So there usually are no winners and losers when it comes to offensive and defensive linemen fighting in practice. But, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy is a great guy. Jimmy is somebody that the players are going to love, um, relates well to all of his players, and he learned from the best. 
Yeah, I, I put Pete Jenkins up against any defensive line coach in the history of college football. And Jimmy Brumbaugh is a Pete Jenkins guy. He coaches the same way. He focuses on technique and fundamentals the same way. And that's going to give him a big advantage. I think there, there are a few guys coming back off injury that could help that group. Uh, you know, obviously Tracy Rocker did a good job and somebody that recruited very well. But uh, I don't think Tennessee misses, misses much of a beat by getting Jimmy in there. And Will does a really good job with the O-line. I think he brings the attitude, the demeanor that you want. And you saw that last year. To have to, to have to go with two true freshmen at both your tackles for the majority of the season and still be able to be as successful with the, as they were most of the year, and that, that, that shows you right there that he understands how to get guys on the field and how to get guys ready. If you're an offensive lineman and you're not claiming victory, that tells me you probably didn't win many, many of those fights. <laughs> I'm just being real with you and telling you nobody oh, yeah. ever wins them because oh, yeah, okay. you can't breathe when they're finished. So. <laughs> Listen, I had an offensive line coach that made, that made us fight each other. The offensive line men made us fight one another in practice. And I'm not going to tell you that I won any of those. So I will tell you that I attempted to punch my opponent between the legs and eye gouge him because I didn't want to run anymore. But, you know, those things happen. Can, can ESPN and the SEC Network get you and Tom Hart to fight each other? I think that would be kind of entertaining. There would be a winner in that one, and it would not last long. I would not, I would not gas out in that. Time. So I would have plenty of wins to be able to take Tom Hart I'll make sure we get that info to Tom as soon as the show's over, Cole. What? Uh, here, I'll see him here in about ten minutes. We're heading uh, over to do our XFL game. That, that's Tonight right. Hey, let me let me ask you this: Where were you with this Tennessee football team last year after those first two ugly home losses? And granted, the Georgia State loss was ugly, but BYU was not a terrible football team. But still, the way Tennessee loses that game, giving up the you know the deep pass, and they're sitting at zero and two, and and it's looking pretty bleak where, where were you with this team did you think they still had a shot to recover you know as you looked at that team and looked at what was out there for them the rest of the season i definitely wasn't in the fire jeremy pruitt camp and i was actually surprised at how many people were uh if you really dove into what was happening the majority of what you saw was correctable i mean it was missed assignments it was defensive linemen and linebackers that were running twists and blitzes and running into each other um, you know, it was guys just not having the awareness of where they needed to be on the field. Th- those things are correct. Um, and then I think after that Florida game, when he had that team meeting and allowed a couple of guys to leave the team that were probably headaches, uh, that, that solved a lot of those problems. So I, 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 I knew they had a good enough staff to be able to turn things around. And a couple of things were going to have to happen. They were going to have to stay healthy. And, you know, they, they ended up finding a way and just, but those coaches are too good. That group of coaches is too good. And there, there was enough. The thing about Tennessee that was most surprising about those first few games was there were guys that had made plays in the league. And all of a sudden, they, they had disappeared. And you just wondered, like, where are, where are these tailbacks, these receivers, these safeties, these linebackers, these defensive ends that I have seen be successful in this league now pretty much non-existent? And then that changed as well after the first quarter of the season. So, I was confused. Um, I didn't really understand it, the hows and whys of it. And then after I got to cover Tennessee a few times later in the year, I think I kind of figured it out. But never once was I, hey, he's not going to work. He's not the right guy. He can't get it done because I just knew he and that staff were too good. Well, I, you know, Cole, having been around the SEC now for 20-plus years, it's hard to believe that any fan base or any sect of media would be ready to fire a football coach after two years. That never happens in the SEC, does it? <laughs> no, no. We, 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 we've seen it before two years have been over. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. Of course, you know, I'm being facetious. Let me ask you this, though. As you look at Jeremy, you were around that team a lot. You were around a lot of teams last year, around the league. And you 
and I like what you said a minute ago when you do a deeper dive because I know you do that as you prepare for games. Where do you think Jeremy grew the most? Because I always said coming in, and I had a chance to get to know Jeremy a lot when he was at Alabama on Nick's staff, and I always said the, the area, you know, I had no doubts about Jeremy as a guy that could recruit, a guy that could develop and coach ball, uh, and a guy that would push kids and challenge them to get better. My, my big question about him was how steep his learning curve would be as a head football coach. Where do you think he grew the most in that area last year? Believing himself, believing his intuition, and, and listening to what his inner coach was trying to tell him. I think there were some things that he tried to do last year that he thought were for the betterment of the team, or that he thought the team was going to need either then or at some point. And then I think he came to the realization a little bit later in the year, I, I need to do I need to do what I think is right. I need to do what I think is going to make this team better, and I need to trust myself. And once he started doing that, I think things began to fall into place. So I think he maybe even took less of the CEO role that we see some of these coaches take and then just went back to, to being Jeremy Pruitt. And I think there's a lot of value in that because of what you just mentioned. He's been around. He's been around great players, great teams, great coaches. He knows what it takes, and he knew. But I think he was just trying – I think he was being a little too cautious and maybe being a little protective and a little bit safe early on last year. And finally he just pulled the ribcord and said, not anymore, I'm not going to do it. And we're going to do it this way. If it doesn't work, they, they want to run me out of here anyway. So might as well run me out of here doing it the way that I feel is best. Well, when you look at, you know – for Jeremy and them to take the next step. And I, I maintain that the schedule this year, I know they play Oklahoma, but let's face it, I mean, win or loss, that game doesn't help Tennessee get to Atlanta, which is where this fan base ultimately wants to go. To take that step to where they're at least competing with the Florida, Georgia, Alabama crop of teams, I, I think the schedule sets up better with Georgia now moving to November and no longer having that murderer's row of Florida, Georgia, Team X from the West, and then Alabama in a four-week stretch. What? What? Would you agree that the schedule this year maybe is a big help for Tennessee in their attempt to, you know, be be a competitor? I think it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I don't. There's a lot about Oklahoma we don't know, but I'm I'm really anxious to see Jeremy, and I don't even care who the bodies are really, but how he defends that offense. Because I, I may have more confidence with him than, than anybody else in college football to be able to give that offense real problems for four quarters. Um, so I, I, I would be interested to see that. And I, I think that that four or five week schedule that you were talking about last year, that that was one of the most difficult months, little over a month runs in the in college football that I've ever seen ever in my entire life. And, you know, they, they were able to sort of get through it and not be as banged up as even I thought they would be. But I do think this year's schedule is, is a little more it's a little more feasible to think about them potentially extending and exceeding expectations this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, Cole, I, this is Chris again. I, I think you could look at a couple teams in the league last year. Their stretches were just brutal. You mentioned the one Tennessee had. Auburn's schedule period was brutal. Texas A&M, South Carolina. God, A&M, so, A&M's close to the season. Was, was yeah, it, and I was going to say, the way they had to close the season, that's, you know, I don't care who you take. You go across the country. You take Ohio State, you take Oklahoma, you take uh, you know any team, and you put them in that stretch, and you're not going to navigate through those stretches unscathed. Well, listen, my friend, we know you got to get on a plane and go do some of uh, some real work, but we appreciate you spending some time with us and breaking down 
a little SEC, a little Tennessee as spring football is here. And we look forward to catching up with you down the road, Cole. Be sure to give that message to Tom now, okay? I'm going to let you guys handle that. I'm sure he'll enjoy hearing it. <laughs> hey, man, we really appreciate it. Good good stuff, and we'll catch up Thanks, soon, guys. Cole. Safe travels. I appreciate it. All right. That's SEC Network and ESPN analyst Cole Kublik joining us here on The Nation. We're going to take our second break. We're at the Texas Roadhouse here in Turkey Creek, and we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Hello, fans. For the best selection of Big Orange merchandise, touchdown in Hound Dogs in West Knoxville. Locally owned and operated Hound Dogs is your one-stop shop for all things Big Orange. To find out more, text HD Radio to 64600. That's HD Radio to 64600. When it's time to get geared up for game day, just think Hound Dogs. Hey, Tennessee fans, there's a new player in town. Your favorite Blue Bunny ice cream is now available in Neyland Stadium and at Thompson Bowling Arena. It's time to sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. Made in the ice cream capital of the world, Blue Bunny offers more than 500 varieties of ice cream and novelties. Look for your favorite Blue Bunny products at participating retailers across the state or at concession stands inside Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena. Sack your sweet tooth with Blue Bunny. This is Dr. Colby Stewart with Tennessee LASIK. I've had the privilege of performing over 22,000 LASIK procedures in my career. That's more than a capacity crowd at Thompson Bowling Arena. Do you want to improve your vision? Are you tired of wearing contact lenses and glasses? Visit TNLASIK.com or call 966-9182 to schedule your free consultation today. Tennessee LASIK wants to help you see the Vols in 2020. Mortgage Investors Group is the number one residential mortgage lender in the state because they offer superior customer service and their mortgage professionals take pride in finding solutions personalized for you. As your home team lender, the local loan officers at MIG are experts in the market. Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance, Mortgage Investors Group offers a winning game plan. To get pre-qualified or for information about our locations across Tennessee, visit MIGonline.com. Equal housing lender, license 109111. This season, get an assist from the coldest player off the bench, Dosecchi Cerveza. There's simply no substitute. Dosecchi's has been crafting its famous beer for as long as the Vols have been shooting hoops. We're talking over a century of game day greatness. That's tradition you can taste. Dosecchi's, good from the opening tip. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing, who remind you to please enjoy Dosecchi's responsibly. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted on location by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Crescent Austin. All right, welcome back into the show. We want to thank Cole Kubler for joining us last segment, talking a little SEC football. Always time to talk SEC football. What is there not a time to talk SEC football, AP? Uh, Christmas, because it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you get ready for postseason then, though. But, uh... Thanks to him, sort of breaking down. Talking a little Georgia, a little Florida, a lot about Tennessee. And, and I agree with him, by the way, on Texas A&M. I think that's the school that has the most upside. And, and, and they should. Based off, the, based off the schedule, you're right. The schedule and the way they've recruited. And they've got a coach who's won at a high level. He's won a championship. And the resources and the state that they recruit from. There, yeah. There's really no reason. I mean, you pay as much money as they pay Jimbo, as much money as they've invested into that football program. Well, part of the reason they paid him so much was because they were going to have a tough time getting anybody to come there. Based off, you know, your whole two years and, and, and everybody's ready to, you know, throw you to the wolves, 
Look at who they played last year. Their five losses yeah. well, they were, were the teams that were in the top ten. They're, I tell you what, if you took their schedule and Auburn's schedule and you let anybody else around the country, I don't care who, from any conference, play those schedules, I'm not sure that a lot of teams would have fared much better. Maybe a game yeah, maybe eight and four. or two. But those, schedule, those schedules were brutal, especially the road schedule. Oh, yeah, going, you know, I mean, you're right. You know, but, I mean, the question is, is it, where's Kellen Mond at in well, the big and game? And, and can, he, can he beat LSU? Can he beat Auburn? Can quarter, he beat Alabama? Quarterback play is the great equalizer, man. It, it, it always well, is. And two years ago, the thought was, Kellen Mond, oh. And well, then but, last year he took this huge step back. Can he kind of recapture yeah. some I, of that? I talked to Jimbo this offseason. I was at their game with Clemson last year, and that was a game early on that they physically they matched up pretty well with Clemson. He just he didn't make any throws, yeah. zero throws. You know, they of hung around a little bit early in the, in the line of scrimmage, but he could not make any throws. He's got to take a big step, and if he does, athletically he's got the potential, much like Garantano if he's going to be the guy, which sort of segues into your favorite part of the show, the marathon question of the week with a full tank of freedom. You can find your own highway and discover the true spirit of the American Road Marathon, fueling the American spirit. So, it's time for the marathon question of the week. Speaking of quarterback, as Tennessee gets ready for spring practice, and that's, I mean, we're all going to get this question, and we've already heard, and I I think we heard the AD, the Tennessee's former Hall of Fame football coach, Phil Fulmer, say this recently, that he, without question, he thinks since he's got to be more consistent at the quarterback position, and I think we all agree that. I mean, the fact but, that they but, were able to win six in a row down the stretch, you and, know. It, and part of that was because. And, and, and seven it, of eight with the quarterback play they got. I mean, tells you that they do have some, they, or at least last year. Now, granted, some of those pieces are, are right. gone. But they had pieces around them to be successful where you didn't have to play perfect at the quarterback spot. But it makes you think. Now, if they'd gotten really good quarterback play at the quarterback spot all and I would year. say I would say more consistent because what drives a coach? Haven't done this for a long time. You know what drives coaches crazy about quarterback 400 play? 400 yards one week and 78th the next. Inconsistency. Not knowing <laughs> what you're going to get. Yeah. And we saw at times, I think that's the thing that was so frustrating about Jared. At times, Jared was, let's be honest, there's a couple games they won because of him. And there's a couple games they didn't win, basically, or maybe could have won because he just was not consistent enough. So. Back to the question, the marathon question of the week. As we go to the spring, going to be a lot of eyes on Harrison Bailey, the freshman, the early enrollee, and I think this is your stat, so I'm not going to steal it. Tennessee has more scholarship quarterbacks going into spring practice than they do inside linebackers. Scholarship inside linebackers, yeah. That, that's right. So that, a ton of guys. It's actually Jesse Simonton's stuff. Okay, let's, let's, let's give stat. credit to Jesse. But um, a lot of guys at the quarterback position, clearly Garantano is the I mean. I don't know how they're going to split the reps because you know Jeremy takes so pr- much right. pride and you know we're you know we, we we two platoon and the way we practice everybody's getting the same amount of reps and all that but I mean when you really think about it they got five scholarship guys here in spring plus former Maryland quarterback Kasim Hill who you know is like a scholarship quarterback right. even though technically he was a walk on I mean like it. it it, it, it is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Let's put it this way. There's no way in the world that they exit spring or, or, or get to fall with the same amount of quarterbacks. These guys are going right. mean, to leave. I mean, you know what? You know Jarrett's not leaving. You know cause, uh, you know um, Harrison Bailey's right. not leaving. First, first part, and Jimmy okay. Holiday's not leaving. Now, what about Brian Maurer and, you know, J.T. Shrout? You know, I – one of those guys, if not both, I think will be gone after spring. I just 
I think both guys want to play. I, you know, I, the best thing that happened to J.T. Shrout was he was able to get into a couple of games, hit the deep ball against South Carolina, right. show show enough arm talent that I'm sure he would get some type of suitors. Um, and then, of course, Mauer flashed, but he was still making the same dreadful mistakes in the bowl game that he was making when he entered the game at Florida, forcing it into double and triple coverage, um, you know, really kind of getting lucky, you know, to not have a few interceptions, uh, you know, there late in the year when he had to when he had to step in and play, and it's a big reason why you know they gave him a shot in in Jacksonville and then went right back to JG. So you know, I love JG's resolve and the way he hung in there last year. A lot, a lot of people would playing quarterback in the SEC. Let's be honest, it ain't for everybody. And he was able to come back from some situations that some kids would not be able to come back from. So here's my question for you: What do we learn? from him in spring ball because he has had by most accounts you know, let's let's be honest let's be transparent we're not out there for every practice but by most accounts he's been a pretty good practice player and has performed well pretty well in practice so what do we learn in the spring from him that we don't already know as we go or as we head and get ready for the preseason well i think you know what you hope to find out is is jarrett's continued to grow this will be the second or this will be the first time that he's had the same coordinator back-to-back years. This is his fifth year. He's never had the same quarterback twi- or same coordinator twice right. until now. So um, I, I think that's something he was really excited about and a big reason why he wanted to come back. He felt like he could take that step as a, as a quarterback, um, you know, with, with Jim Chaney again. But, you know, I, I expect Jeremy Pruitt to say that this is an open competition. Not that Jarrett's, you know, done anything to – think that he's not going to be the guy because as of right now i would you know my money would be on jg yeah. to start well, the season why well, would it not be um but you know i do think that you know with harrison bailey he'll, he'll have a shot to, to come in and try to earn something you know jimmy holiday is going to have a chance to earn kind of those you know wildcat you know reps if, if tennessee wants to change it up and, and go to a different package um and then of course the other two guys have got to show that they can be way more consistent you know, for 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 all of Jarrett's inconsistencies, the other two guys were were, were worse, right. In my opinion, and, but, that, and that's what people but, we're but, all guilty fans of me. We're all we're all guilty of, of forgetting that. But the but here's the deal though, and, and but the fans, you know, and, and I'm not this is not knocking on them, media and fans. Yeah, they 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 fall in love with because you know, you know Brian Mauer runs down through the the vault wall, high fiving everybody, right. and and being you know really, I guess you know, really personable with the fan base, the fans gravitate towards that naturally. Well, the back, So the, then all of a sudden they're like, Ron Mauer's our guy. And especially if he comes in, he comes in at Florida. No, and leads the, number, the number two quarterback's always, always the favorite. Is always the most popular but when guy. You, when you, but when you have a personality to you. And, especially and, and, true. And, you know, it, it's especially true. So, and I'll say this about J.G. You know, I know when you get into the scrimmages, you know, he, and I go back to that same word, consistency, that they're, they're going to want to see him throwing the football on time, you know, certainly not going a lot of freelance, which which has got him in trouble in the past. But, but oh, you think you don't think they want him to freelance? Uh, I'd say not. <laughs> I'd say that would be a negative. But to, to 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 play within himself and play with confidence and be consistent. I think you know I, I I'm sort of answering my own question. I think that's what they want to see from him more than anything this spring and be a leader and, and be a guy. One thing we know about JG, he's been through it. Okay, it, it's not like. Anything that happens this year is going to be something 
that it's like, oh, man, okay, now all of a sudden there's, here's, here's adversity. What do I do? Well, he, he's been through it. He's been there and back and, and made it through last year. So I, you, that, that's the part, you know, in that locker room, talking to kids like Trey Smith who've been in there with him, you know, they swear by him. That's that he has been that guy. So taking that and being more consistent in his performance, uh, doing the things that he's coached to do, and then how does he handle competition from the young guys? Goes, you know, Harrison Bailey, he comes and sit on the bench. You know, he's coming. You know, it's that's a that's a tall order to ask a kid who's a freshman who's just stepping on the campus to be your quarterback. Well, again, I, I the, the the pressure on that kid is 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 going to be so great. You know, I it's just unfair. Now, maybe he lives up to it. You know, I mean, you don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, you, you know, know, the next kid at Auburn played as a freshman. Yes, and 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 had his moments ups and downs, and then had his moments the downs. other way too. Right. So, I mean, and that's what you're going to get when you have and to had a, a and had a great defense behind it. Yeah. Correct, and so that—that's the biggest thing with, with 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 Harrison Bailey. I mean, Tennessee's hoping that you know he is that guy, but that doesn't mean he has to be that guy this year. Right. You know, right. in, in a perfect world, you know, Jarrett comes in and, and plays really well, and the la- and Harrison's able to play in four games and yeah. you know get you, some experience. You know what the best news is for for all, any of those guys, whether it's you know JG Harrison, whoever it is, is, is what Cole was just talking about. Especially if Cade Mays gets his waiver, is that offensive line? Is that offensive line? Yeah, that's I mean, the be- that's the best news for whoever's taking the snap back there. Well, correct. I think one, it gives Jared a little bit more uh, stability, and if you have to go to the freshman or any of the younger guys, even a Brian Mauer, it gives you. Uh, I guess it takes the pressure off a little bit, where they don't feel like. I've got to make a play all the time because they should be able to run the ball. Eric Grace is going to be a year further into the program. Ty Chandler should be. It really like the way Jim Jim Cheney will use both those kids. Yeah, throwing the football, getting them to him in different ways. You know, Gray and Chandler. Yeah, I mean, again, it, at the end of the day, the the thing that can cure all is a really good offensive line, and that starts with Trey Smith. And you know, if they can get Cade eligible, if he if he's granted immediate eligibility, then Tennessee's offensive line all of a sudden becomes really, really good. I mean, Cole, Cole's answer was kind of funny to me. He's like, well, it's not going to be as good as Alabama's. Oh, yeah, just second out of 14 teams? I mean, that's pretty good, Chris. I mean, like, think about they A, year, a couple of years ago, they weren't even a top-10 offensive line for about a four- or five-year run. Well, and you know, my I ask this question all the time, and, and Cole and I have talked about it off air. When's the last time you've seen a team that was an upper echelon? I'm talking about a team that in November had a chance to win an SEC title that was just an had just an average offensive line or worse. Well, it doesn't happen. It never happens. It never happens. So, all right, let's take our final break, our third and final break here on the nation. We're at the Texas Roadhouse here in Turkey Creek, sunny Turkey Creek. It's nice to look outside this time of the day and still see sunlight, AP. I still think you got time to get at least seven or eight holes in. Oh, you know, I, I thought about it, but, you know, Grass is still brown, yeah. though. I, I, I don't like we'll playing f- when, the, when the grass is yeah, going. We'll figure it out. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back here at Texas Roadhouse on the Nation in just a couple minutes. Hey, Cherokee Distributing, the proud supporter of UT Athletics, wants to remind fans to please drink responsibly, choose a designated driver, and remember that 21 means 21. At Big Orange Home Games this season, enjoy the refreshing starting lineup of Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light, the championship taste of Dos Equis, Smirnoff Sparkling Seltzer, and Tennessee Brewed Yeehaw at select locations around Thompson Bowling Arena. It takes talent and grit to win a sports championship, and the same is true in flooring. With our master installers and flooring experts, 
Frazier's brings the best team to your floor. Call us at 546-4850 to win the new floor championship. Everything for the floor, from the team you trust more, Frazier's. When Chrissy Ray and Chuck Tunkin founded Mortgage Investors Group in 1989, the idea was simple. Help people realize the American dream. 29 years and 115,000 clients later, Mortgage Investors Group is the number one lender in Tennessee. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to do your mortgage, but it does take a promise. At MIG, it is their joy to keep promises. Go to MIGonline.com and let them get started on your American dream today. MIG is an equal housing lender. Mortgage License 109111. Right now, you can get five cents off every gallon of fuel every day. That's five cents off every gallon with Make It Count Rewards from Marathon. Plus, you can earn points for additional savings on fuel, airfare, hotels, and more. It's quick and easy to join. Just visit makeitcount.com slash radio or download the free app. So start saving today with Make It Count from Marathon. Offer valid only at participating Marathon locations. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Cheering on the basketball balls, you can generate a mighty powerful thirst. Be the all-star of your next hoops watch party by passing out some bottle cold Coors Light to your big orange teammates. It's the winning edge to any good time in Tennessee. Two great things that were made great for each other. Rocky Top and Rocky Mountain Cold Coors Light. Great beer, great responsibility. Distributed across Big Orange Country by Cherokee Distributing. Who remind you when you crack open a cold Coors Light, remember to celebrate responsibly. And as always, 21 means 21. This is The Nation, presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Now, back to Chris and Austin. All right, welcome back into the show. We always appreciate you spending part of your Sunday evening with us as we do this every Sunday night. The Nation, he's Austin Price. I'm Chris Lowe. Final segment here is we're at the Texas Roadhouse in Turkey Creek. Uh, Tennessee's basketball balls open play AP in the SEC tournament on Thursday. That's a 1 o'clock game against Alabama, an Alabama team that Tennessee actually won against in Tuscaloosa by one back in February. It was sort of an ugly game. Tennessee sort of gutted that one out. Yep. Um, and, you know, you look at the bracket, and it's uh, it, it'll be, it's going to be obviously a tough, tough well, sledding for Tennessee. you win that when you play Kentucky. Yeah, well, exactly. So you're on that. Uh, so they're going to remember that uh, 17 points. I would say so. That, the tournament actually starts on Wednesday there in Nashville, uh, Ole Miss and Georgia in the first game. Arkansas Vanderbilt, and you move to the Thursday game, and you're right. So the, the the teams that get the double bye, the way the tournament is set up now, that's a huge advantage. Oh, huge, huge advantage. Um, so you know, you know, Tennessee in that bracket with Kentucky, I guess slash Florida, if they were somehow beat Alabama and then Kentucky would maybe get Florida, but Kentucky would be sitting there waiting on the Alabama Tennessee winner uh, at one o'clock Eastern on Friday in the quarterfinals. So, yeah, some tough sledding. I, I think especially if Tennessee can win against Alabama, I, I got to like their chances of getting NIT, don't you? You know, I do. I think if they can go one and one in Nashville, yeah. then I think they're going to be an NIT team because that means they Which would be. Which is important for this team. 18 with, with and the, 15. With the young players, you know, the, the young guys on the perimeter, especially the guards, uh, and, and, and to play together some more, you know, Vescovi, you know, having some more time because you can see – it's really starting to click for him yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think the more ball you get, the more you play together. Obviously, he and you know, Josiah Jordan James are going to play together again next year. you got a Fulkerson back, Ponds, 
really just about everybody. So you get some more postseason type experience with this this club, some more practice. I think it's important. You know, I, I know everybody looks at it. It's just especially like to a bowl game. Those right. extra practices. That's a good analogy. I know everybody looks at it because last year's team was number one. They got to the tournament, and you start to taste that, and you think, ah, anything less than CLA tournament. This was always, in my mind, going to be a bit of a a bit of a transition year, and it became even more so one when they lost Lamonte Turner. And yet, you look at it; this team still was on the cusp. There was a couple games that they let slip away. You know that game at South Carolina, blowing that lead against Auburn. Um, But you know, you look at it the other way too. They come back from from the dead to beat Kentucky at Kentucky, so it works both ways. But if you can – I think some – if you get to 10 and 6, if they had gotten if they had, they gotten to 10 and 6, I think they would have had a shot. You mean 10 and 8? That's what I meant to say. Ten, yeah, t- t- you know, they were 9 and 9. They finished 9 and 9. So, no, had they won had they won two more games. Well, they would have had to won – They would have they, had, they, they win yesterday. They win yesterday. That's another tier one win. Right. And then not blowing the lead against Auburn at Auburn. Yeah, but I mean, but even just to get to ten and eight, what all they had to do is win yesterday, and then they're ten and eight, not nine and nine. Yeah, and but that's and I, and I should have said to somehow get to where they just had six losses and not because they were in great position to win at South Carolina. You know, there was the the flop no or the, the offensive foul, no offensive foul late. I mean, so they. My point is, they were in position. They had some chances down the stretch to win some games. Yesterday was disappointing on a couple fronts. A, it, and I know it's, it's especially tough for Tennessee fans to accept this, is Bruce has just owned Tennessee the last few times. They just Auburn has seemed to always find a way to play its best game, and, and maybe, like you pointed out, it's not the, has not been the greatest matchup for Tennessee. I think it hurts on that front, and it hurts. That, it, that would have been a really nice way for Tennessee to go into the SEC tournament with three straight wins over three NCAA tournament teams, Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn. Now, that's a tough stretch for any team. Well, then they're not. If they win that game yesterday, I don't believe they're in the eight seed. They're playing. They're playing somebody oh, yeah. else. Their draws, which means their second yeah. game is not Kentucky. Yeah, their draw is much better. You know, and then you're right. It's possible that they, you know, maybe slide in the back door because they are a hot team and they've closed the season so strong with wins against Kentucky and Auburn. And such you're at least in the conversation, maybe to get on what to happens. get to get to the NCAA tournament. But again, just to get to the get to the NIT would be a huge deal for some of these young kids. For the for the kid like Robinson Camwa for you know, obviously for Vescovi, but even just for the continued growth of John Fulkerson mm-hmm. as he continues to, you know, just cement himself as the guy coming back. And then a guy like Eve Ponds. You know, it's pretty cool to hear other coaches around the league talk about Fulkerson and how hard he plays on every single possession. I don't care who it is. They all rave about the guy and just his improvement and the way he's continued to work on his game. And he's he's such a, a non-ego keep his head down, grind it out kind of player. And, and I love watching him play. I love watching him compete. He is the ultimate competitor. Scored 27 points in that 17-point comeback at Kentucky. The next morning, went and read to an elementary school. Right. That tells you all you need well, to know about the kid. It tells you, about, it tells you hey, he's got his priorities in order. And, uh, it, and he's certainly not caught up in himself. But it's great to see someone like that. You know, and you saw before he initially got hurt when he was young. People forget about the way he played at Chapel Hill. In North Carolina, yep. Before he got hurt. And you knew he had the ability. But to come back from that injury and just get better and better and really just blossom this year into one of the guys that I don't care who you hear, opposing coaches, nobody wants to see the guy. They don't want to play against him because they know who. He's whoever, got that high release, and yeah. that's just so, they know so who, tough to defend. Whoever they put on him 
it's going to be a tough deal. Yeah. You know, because he's going to play his rear end off. All right, AP. Uh, I think maybe not nine holes, but I think you got time for six or seven. <laughs> we'll do this again next Sunday night here at the Turkey Creek Texas Roadhouse. We hope it's a great Sunday evening for everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. So long. You've been listening to The Nation with Chris Lowe of ESPN.com and Austin Price of Rivals and VolQuest.com. Presented by Mortgage Investors Group and hosted by Texas Roadhouse. Sponsored by Mortgage Investors Group. Celebrating 30 years and the number one lender in the state of Tennessee. Learn more at MIGonline.com. By Texas Roadhouse. Your home for legendary food and legendary service. 12 area East Tennessee restaurants. By Marathon. Discover how a full-time Tank of Freedom from Marathon will take you wherever you go. Marathon, fueling the American spirit by Tennessee LASIK Associates, proud supporter of the Tennessee Volunteers. See the difference with Tennessee LASIK by Blue Bunny Ice Cream, available in Neyland Stadium and Thompson Bowling Arena, and by Dos Equis, the official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Keep it interessante and please enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Distributed across the volunteer state by Cherokee Distributing. The Nation is also brought to you by... Join us again next Sunday across the Volunteer State. For more news on college sports and the SEC, this is The Nation signing off.